All right, everyone. Welcome to 2023 and the I Can Do This All Day podcast. I'm Dan, the part-time adventurer. And with me, as always, is Mark, the resident Jedi. Hello there. Today, we're taking a step into the mysterious, into the murderous, into the mysterious, and into a genre that I absolutely love. Today, we speak of the great glass onion and the uh, the brainchild knives out too from uh from from um little known director Ryan Johnson not necessarily a friend of the podcast Ryan Johnson because this is the same director that we have talked enormous amounts of shit about uh if you listen to our Star Wars ranking episode um i want to say there were so many f bombs directed right at ryan johnson and saying we are not going to support anything that you do ever again and then we realized that he did knives out and we was like oh there's a sequel yeah we'll watch that <laughs> the first knives out was very good i thought i was a big fan very excited to see they released a second one not excited enough to go to the theater to see it but um definitely excited to see what he could do with this i mean first knives out huge star-studded cast what do you think of that one before we dig into the sequel, we did not do an episode in 2019 for Knives Out OG. Um, I really liked it. I was really surprised by it. It's been a while since I've been able to watch a murder mystery movie, and I dug it. I, I dug the cast. I thought it was very surprising to hear Daniel Craig, fresh from his James Bond fame, uh, doing his own personal foghorn leghorn accent, and uh, I say, I say, uh, I know who did the murder. I don't, I don't. I was like, that's James Bond doing that. Like, I was almost kind of off put by it, but I dig him as a character, and I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah, I, I um, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I am a big murder mystery fan. I grew up on like Encyclopedia Brown books where you'd have to like figure out the short story mystery um you know grew up reading mystery novels and stuff like that i'm a, I'm a big agatha christie fan that's my like um guilty pleasure audiobooks both because you can get them free from the library apps and because i'm just a big whodunit fan and i feel like that genre is so untapped that it is very very refreshing to see two in what would have been the course of like three years uh or, or two years in the course of three years like really excited i did enjoy the um the agatha christie remakes that they've been doing um you know uh, murder on the nile and and the 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 um the the train one and i think is there's that another the orient one express out. one yeah the orient express murder on the orient express um i've been enjoying those but other than those like you don't get a lot of murder mysteries or a lot of twists. You get a lot of superhero movies, which we're big fans of, but I like to, I like to sometimes think and be surprised. It's funny. You mentioned the Agatha Christie movies. Cause you actually sent me a text uh, about, I think it was the, the Nile one, whichever one that wonder woman was in. Uh, and I watched like the first 30 minutes of it. And my wife fell asleep. I was like, well, that's a wrap for this one. And uh, we just never finished it, but I do enjoy, I don't know if it's necessarily murder mystery that I enjoy, but I like the suspense type of like mystery type movies that I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, this, or well, the first Knives Out, I should say, was uh, a really good thought provoker. And uh, yeah, I just love the cast. So it was, it was a good, good pick. I don't know about you, but I we I kind of I feel like we grew up with this as a heavy genre in TV, with shows like Murder She Wrote and Matlock, and you know all of these these you know sixty minute whodunits. Yeah, man, but uh, it was on TV. That wasn't my TV program of choice. So if you if you thought that twelve year old Dan was going to be watching murder she wrote or matlock get the fuck out of here like i'm gonna watch reruns of the simpsons all night long or you know whatever the new show on the upn tv show was or network was you know 
I see that you were you were obviously not watching TV from the hours of let's say eleven o'clock when the Price is Right was over until about four o'clock when the good stuff started to come on. There was a variable uh, black hole in television until uh, somebody got cable. So those shows were they they were out there. They were syndicated. They were regularly replayed. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Well, my game wasn't TV because since I didn't have cable and I wasn't for sure as shit not going to watch those shows, that's where I started watching Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, Terminator, Back to the Future, Karate Kid on repeat all day long. So instead of all those hours of Angela Lansbury, I'm sure thrilling, you know, I'm sure it would blow my skirt up in the air. Uh, no, I was I was watching Doc and Marty seeing how fast they can get a DeLorean to go. Yeah, I, I feel I feel the hate. You feel it. <laughs> not, it's not hate. I feel it. It's I feel just it. Happy New Year, Dan. No, no care about oh, murder she wrote or Matlock. Right back in it. Right back in it. <laughs> no, I, I I'm just saying I enjoy um the 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 mystery angle, the 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 piece. So I was excited to to do this movie. Um as much as we we definitely took a big old steamer on Ryan Johnson. Oh, um, huge uh, friend of the friend of the podcast, Ryan Johnson. Um, <laughs> you know, in looking back on his directorial, um, whatever, there really is not much to it, right? He did Looper, Looper, which shows of Breaking Bad, and a Star Wars movie that he didn't get to. to he didn't get to take the plane off. Or land the plane. He just got to do the service in the air. Man, and that snack and beverage sucked. It did. The Diet Coke was flat. And uh, man, the kosher meal had, had it was not kosher. The pretzels but, were stale. Yes. The pretzels were oh. stale. Oh, it was like, it was, it was, it was definitely Southwest uh, December, 2022. Uh, it was that level of bad. So, but, just out of curiosity, because Ryan Johnson was attached to this and, and knowing that we talked tremendous amounts of shit about him, did you go into this thinking like, uh-oh, is Ryan Johnson going to try and pull a last Jedi on us right now? So I will say that there was a level of skepticism because the original Knives Out had him just... Uh, such a knockout story to it. And when you look back at the cast, Anna Diarmas was not Anna Diarmas, right? That was like her breakout movie. It, 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 all the supporting actors in it were great. Jamie Lee Curtis, huge heavy hitter. Don Johnson, as much as we can make fun of Don Johnson for many reasons, still solid actor. Right? Hold on. Before we make or well we won't make fun of don johnson but um this is a shout out to my old college roommate who would blare the don johnson song i think it was called heartache or heartbeat heartbeat don johnson heartbeat holy shit like whenever we were feeling down like if one of us bombed a test or we were just like you know class had us down we wouldn't even say a single word to each other one of us would just put that song on and then blast it. And we would just laugh for at least the entirety of the song, including at least a minute afterwards. Don Johnson, Heartbeat. If you haven't heard about it, YouTube it right now. Spotify it on repeat. You know what? Just do it. It's it's worth it. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Don Johnson. So, so that's your murder she wrote for this episode. Is yeah. what saying. <laughs> It's just, it's just, so I, I, I was, I was, I was going to watch it because I love the first one. Like I've seen the first one more than 10 times and it came oh, wow. out in 2019. Shit. I just enjoy the shit out of the movie. Love all of the levels of depth in that movie and to write a story. Cause he wrote it writer director to write a story like that is hard to write two stories like that at a high level 
is very rarefied air. Not a lot of people do it. And I didn't think he'd be, I I didn't think like negatively, but it was just like, okay, let's see what you got, dude. Let's just go. And the cast for this one, no offense to them. All of them are great. Not the cast to Knives Out. Not as big of a cast, that's for sure. No, no. So downgrading in actors, removing the Anna Diarmas role that pulls through the whole movie, and 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 kind of switching it up a little bit, uh, taking the the mansion out. Like I was, I was a little. Uh, but as we got through the movie, and then we got to the midpoint, and then we got to the read. I was it, it just. I was just thoroughly impressed having again, like having dive back into, um, you know, Poirot uh, 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 books on tape. I would say since the beginning of the pandemic, which was after knives out came out, I've probably gone through like 11 Agatha Christie books at this point, like, which is probably a lot, uh, you know, but just, just chewing them up, chewing them up in the spare time. And I love the twists. Um, I was I was telling my wife I'm like I was so excited when they poisoned somebody in this movie because like out of her first ten books at least nine of them somebody's poisoned and they're just <laughs> talking about poison love a good poisoning never see poisonings anymore um so it, it was just it, it it just hit me in all the right ways I was like this is impressive I'm at it was it was and there was humor which I really enjoyed so. What about you going into this? Were you as optimistic as me or were you your normal Danny self? I thought that because it was on Netflix and I didn't realize that it was in theaters for a little bit. Um, It might still be out in theaters. I don't think it is, but uh, I wasn't aware that Netflix just like purchased the rights, but Ryan Johnson uh, did some deal that like, Hey, this needs to be out in theaters. So I thought about it as, well, it's coming to Netflix. I'm sure it'll be good because the last one was great, but I'm not super excited about it. Uh, it was great because Netflix hasn't really cranked out a hit in a while. So I was like, okay, well, this will be a, a good change of pace. And it's got you know some solid actors in it, but I didn't do too much research. I knew Daniel Craig was coming back. I did not know Edward Norton was going to be in this movie. So it was a, a nice, pleasant surprise as to what I saw from the cast that did show up. And there's a few cool cameos in there that were really great. And um, yeah, I, I don't, I wasn't thinking that I was going to hate the movie, uh, but I wasn't thinking that I was going to love it either because I just figured, well, if it just went straight to Netflix, this movie will be forgotten about. But once again, not knowing that it wasn't theaters, I'm sure right. a majority of, everyone has seen it on Netflix as opposed to theaters. I don't think you could say that with Netflix anymore, to be honest. I really think that Netflix stuff after one of them, won after, after that Oscar win, I think they're pretty legit. No, I'm not saying that that's the case. Um, I'm just saying that it's forgettable. Like Netflix movies are forgettable in the sense that because it doesn't have a theatrical release, it doesn't have the legs because think about how many shows and movies we've watched. And it's just like, it's the hottest thing for that week. And then something else comes out and then we forget about it. You're not wrong. So it's, but I thought it was the, 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 the story was good enough. Story was very interesting. And what are your thoughts on, movies that have like political undertones overtones you know like the all that stuff i don't know that this movie had political overtones i think that some of the characters represented a very rough outline of certain archetypes in our current society but I don't think they were aimed to represent one person. And I'm specifically talking about um, Miles Braun and Edward Norton's character being 
um, getting all this all this flack about them talking about Elon. I don't think it's supposed to be Elon. Ryan Johnson, I mean, he wrote this a while ago, and he he's gone on record saying that it's just sheer coincidence that Elon kind of became this huge ass figure because he bought Twitter. And so it's like, yeah, it, it wasn't well, really meant to look be. At, if you look at the way he represents the character early on, it's Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah, for sure. He had the black turtleneck and everything. The yeah. black turtleneck. They talked about the reality distortion field, which if you read the Steve Jobs book was was one of Walter Isaacson's main topics about the guy and how much of a prick he was. Um, he was totally Steve Jobs. Even the yacht that they used, the angular yacht looked, I was like, is that Steve Jobs' yacht? Not that I'm a yacht aficionado, <laughs> but I remember seeing like the yacht was ready right before he died. And it was this crazy swoopy angular looked like it was an iPad kind of thing. And I was like, that is, that would be Steve Jobs's yacht. For you to say, and I, I agree a hundred percent. Obviously if you look at it from a 30,000 foot view, like, yeah, there's no way that he wrote this knowing that Elon Musk was going to take over Twitter and there's going to be so much, flag for all that shit but i will say there are absolutely political overtones and undertones on it because you've got the whole the the covid scenario was hilarious to me well i think that they just filmed it during covid so just fucking get into it it was it. it was so funny because but even then, like the subtleties of everything, like the very first scene when uh, Catherine Hahn answers the the doorbell and she's like, oh, oh, and like she puts her robe over her her mouth just to cover her face and everything. But the my favorite one of my favorite scenes is when Ethan Hawke just rolls up in a car and just shoots people with like this mystical spray in the yeah, mouth. Yeah. No, you're just good. like, you're no, good. You're just good. Yeah. I thought it's the same hilarious. thing. I was like, I was like, that really is how it, it, it's a joke in the movie. But if you look at it, it's it's actually how remedies and prevention was available, which is nuts, right? Like, it, it, we can we can go back and talk about testing. And and antibody serums and you know like all the the fact that you couldn't test enough people in the state of Michigan, but Joe Rogan could test three times a day and every yeah. podcast guest he had <laughs> because he had money, you know. And 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 again, I don't have a problem with it, um, but it, it is what it is. It played out the way it is. I think that there's, you know, there's there's good that and bad that that came from all that, and we've all learned hopefully something. Right. Uh, all of you have the blessing of a new favorite podcast um, due to COVID. So you're welcome. But I, I think that including it is one thing that no other movie has really done to be, to try and be an escape. No, fuck it. Put the mask on. Who cares? The mask isn't going away. Hell, I was out at, at, um, the zoo lights at Brookfield zoo the other day. And I'm like, where's my COVID mask. That'll keep my face warm. Oh, oh yeah. buddy. Yeah. Oh, I masked the hell up. I it was great. N95 is super insulation. In my opinion, I was at an under armor today and um, they have their semi-annual sale under armor. Holler at your boy. If you uh, want to become an official sponsor of oh, right here. this all day podcast, but Important. it was funny. There was a, there was a hoodie, which I thought was a hoodie, but I was like, this hood doesn't, this thing's not going <laughs> to go over my head, but it was a mask. So it's like a cold gear thing. And honestly, if I live somewhere cold, I would totally use it because that's, that shit keeps you warm. You know, like a mask will totally keep you warm. But I was like, I live in Florida. It's 80 degrees out right now. I'm not going to get this. But if I was back in the Chicagoland area. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, no. But um, yeah, like to say that 
there was nothing political about it, but I would say COVID for sure. There's like jabs at just the, the ridiculousness of everything, but also the fact that you have a corrupt politician and no political. Well, I think that you have archetypes. I think that you have a movie full of archetypes and the thing about script writing and, and writing movies is certain archetypes don't go away. The politician sure. in the pocket of big business doesn't go away. The um, the the right now the influencer model doesn't go away. Been a long time. They apparently don't think that the streamer, the online streamer, is going away anytime soon. Which I would agree, right? I I, I think that YouTube and and all this is too big to to happen. Apparently, they don't think Google Alerts is going away, which I think is hilarious. Because Google Alerts is so 2008. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think that there's just so much that they just archetype in this. And every mystery movie has archetypes. Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet, you know, the, the it's all just an archetype. And why we're getting so caught up in this is ridiculous. I, I sent you an article. Um, when we were talking about prepping for this, that I thought was hilarious. Um, speaking of politics, did you get a chance to look at it or at I least did. see who who made comments on Twitter about it? Yeah. Um, I will not say friend of the podcast um, because I think that we would deny any any involvement or association, but a uh, a failed screenwriter and current political pundit Ben Shapiro decided to take to Twitter and draw his own conclusions about who was what and what the outcomes would have been for these people and how it's 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 purely up in the air and all these people would have done things differently in his eyes. And he wonders why he never got a movie picked up when he submitted a bunch of scripts. I don't know. It, it, I, I was surprised, honestly. And 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 to 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 kind of circle back on your question about um you know political affiliation in this movie, I, I I really like I try to not watch movies in a political lens because they're my escape from the ridiculously politicized world that we live in right now. Like I want to turn this on for two hours and 15 minutes of who killed Edward Norton, which didn't happen sadly. Ooh, spoiler. If you didn't think this was going to be full of spoilers, you, you have not listened to any episodes. Um, but I, I didn't turn this on to be politically drawn in, you know, the West wing would be what I would turn on for my political comfort food. With this movie. I just thought with all of the different characters, all of the different archetypes, as you would say, it was, it started drumming up some bad feelings and comparisons to the last Jedi to where I'm like, I'm going to, sh- as a director, right. This is, this is me thinking Ryan Johnson right now. I'm going to come up with a movie. That's fucking stupid. And I'm going to release it and I'm going to call it out. And my main character is going to call it out that it's all fucking stupid because you know what? Some of these people watching this movie are fucking stupid. That's what I was thinking in my head as like uh you know i thought the covid thing was funny like you're good hilarious um and then you know i just started something just didn't settle with me right after about 30 minutes in um and i think maybe was it, it wasn't hugh grant no no that was, was fine. it that hugh grant has aged horribly hilarious i i'm, I, I'm gonna say another thing that would wrangle up all of those Ben Shapiro fans out there is that in the first movie they dabbled in the frat in the fact that Foghorn Leghorn was I say I say a little gay, but in this one they did not. They I mean, leaned right into it, full friend from Scooby Doo ascot going on, and I loved it. I and think, it was nice to see Hugh Grant in a movie. I think that's just a big assumption, just because you're locked down with another male doesn't necessarily mean that you're gay but yeah they're probably gay not so, that there's anything wrong with that not that there's, not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> no, but, I, um, 
But again, I I love that they leaned into it. You know, I think this movie leaned into a lot, and I was a fan of that. I was I was perfectly fine with with Hugh Grant, and um, I you know where I thought it was a little too much. Something didn't sit right. Was when Foghorn Leghorn decided. What is his name again? God damn it, Daniel Craig. Yeah, I know what's his character's name. Uh, Yeah, Benoit Blanc. Um, Foghorn Blanc decided to ruin the murder mystery. And I was like, where the fuck is this going? I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I loved it because this is the first movie I've seen in since uh, I can't even remember how long where everything in the trailer was wrong and not a major part of the movie and completely disparaged. If that's the case, let's sue them because we can do that now. You can totally I don't know. Sue. I want to get I want to I sadly want to give credit to Ryan Johnson and say you mean oh this is it completely turned on its head the whole oh I'm gonna have a murder mystery party for myself but surprise I got murdered he didn't take the easy way out, and I loved it. I I thought it was a, a nice reveal, right? But then I was just like, hmm, okay, well, where is this going? So hang on, as, hang on. as the Did movie you laugh, Did you laugh when the bolt hit the blood packet? Oh, yeah, sure. That was like, funny. Yeah. So perfect. Yeah. And he called out the jewel and just the whole thing. Yeah, it was funny. No, it was... I'm not saying it was a bad part of the movie. I'm just saying that was the turning point for me to where it was like, okay, yes, this is funny. But then the um, Janelle Monae's character, um, fuck, whatever her character's name is. Hold on. Andy, Helen and Andy. Yes. So when you find out the difference between there that Helen exists, I was like, what the fuck? This is, and and so reading some of the stuff about like, you know, Ben Shapiro's tweets and like the retorts to all that, I was like, well, I can kind of see the point if he's referring to that specific point where everything is a complete 180 and it's like, oh, there's a twin. I was like, really? This is where we're going? Like, I thought it would have been so much deeper as opposed to, hey, there's a twin sister that you didn't know about. Like, I, I felt like that was kind of like a, cheap way out and i feel like he did it on purpose to be like i'm gonna take the cheap way out here and i'm gonna cram it down your fucking throat and you're gonna continue to watch the movie but because you've got foghorn leghorn who's smart and we're gonna have witty and the writing's great we're gonna have really great writing on everything it's gonna overshadow the the fact that i'm making a shitty movie and you know what I mean? Like, I think that's really... I love that they told you something was wrong with that character the minute they put her on screen. Something's off. All these other people are these highfalutin, partying it up, doing their thing, living with their brilliant mom, all that. And then she just takes a hammer to the box. Takes a hammer to it. Right, but... And, and maybe you can correct me uh, on this. Who was that that did that? Was it Andy or Helen? It was Helen. Was because it Helen? Andy was dead already. I thought Andy opened the box and then Helen was the one who saw that the box was all hammered up. No, they found she was dead like two weeks and they were holding it back. She brought it to Blanc. Like no, she the, brought the card to Blanc. No, she she brought the full hammered box to him. Right, the hammered box. I was assuming that her sister was the one who no. busted it up. No, she had long hair. Uh, I guess I didn't really pay much attention to that. Yeah, part. I've watched it twice. I was I was so in. I've watched it twice in the last like uh, I'll say thirty six hours. I loved it. And, and, you know, she, she, they, they showed that she broke it up. And then when they rewound and they did the, and they did the jump back, 
Yeah. They showed that Blanc was never given an invitation in the right. manner that they thought he was. He was hired to be there. And right. there to go up against this. He was there because he was bored and wanted a challenge and saw yeah. all this going on. It was, oh, I, I understood that, that part. Fact. That was, that was fine. Like for me, it was just like, um, but yeah, the, I thought it was hilarious when she, she busted up. I just was confused as to who actually busted it up because I, I didn't really pay too much attention to the hair. And I thought maybe, you know, like if, you know, if it was the sister, then she died and then she went there and she recognized the box or whatever it was. I'm like, okay. So I guess that kind of, it sort of clarifies it, but also opens up the question as to like, well, why did she have the box to begin with? And so she just, she just went there and she saw that she was dead and then a box got delivered. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense either, because then why would why would Miles Braun, Edward Norton's character, send it after just as an alibi, knowing the that- box was already sent after before the fax was sent. So the box was in transit. Okay. The envelope, which had the original right, the glass onion. Uh, um, um, napkin she took a picture of and sent later mm-hmm. okay is my understanding because remember her sister said she got to her apartment and it was all thrown askew and all, all thrown away and it and it sounded like that um, Helen had done that her or, or Aunt, Helen Andy Andy had done that herself and that's when she came upon the book that had the napkin in it finally after she lost her court case. And then she had the thing, showed up. It was all it was all a uh yeah. Okay. All right. But that is a good sticky wicket, right? And and I'm my timeline could be off. I could be completely wrong, and it could be a complete hole in the story. I think it was just uh, the difference between this movie compared to Knives Out was that there wasn't, in my head, in my, in my own personal viewing, there wasn't any confusion as to what happened. There was like, oh, wow, this is like a completely reveal, like, oh, this is what happened, right? For, for Glass Onion, I was thinking, like, mm, this isn't as is closely knit of a story as I thought that knives out was. And then when you start adding things all together to me, like I said, I, I'm, I probably watched this. It was like one and a half times that I watched it. So I didn't catch the last half. Cause I, I actually was kind of like, eh, I, I know the last part of it. I'm not going to watch the last part of it. So I watched the beginning part just to see like, okay, you see some of the interactions um, knowing that Helen is Andy or portraying Andy at the time. And, and so I was like, okay, cool. Well, I can kind of see this stuff, but the acting is great. The writing is fantastic. I just think for, for me, it was one of those points of contention that things just started adding up and it was just like, Hmm, hmm. I'm still entertained. Don't get me wrong. I just started to look at it with, uh, with, some jaded eyes because like not it's not hitting me in the feels it's not it's not making me like doubt or i'm sorry it's making me doubt things which is like uh okay that's where i not check out but i start becoming uh, a little bit more critical of of what plays out throughout the movie no i can understand that i can understand that Uh, again i just i felt it laid down so well I haven't enjoyed a twist that much in in a while. Was it really a twist, though? That she was the twin? Yeah. I think maybe, and, and hear me out on this one. So uh, Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, 
Ocean's 13 even. Uh, I love those movies. And the fact that to me, that twist was like, oh, by the way, you know, there's a whole bunch of other people involved. And it started from the first minute uh, that everything was happening. So that's where, you know, Ocean's 12 got a lot of flack uh, about that. But I think the difference where I feel a little bit more inclined to like Ocean's the Ocean series a little more than this particular twist is that everyone in that cast for a majority is, is likable, right? Everyone's likable. There's not really anyone that's likable with the exception of Helen. But even then you don't realize Helen is likable until the reveal. So it's almost like a retroactive, like here's the reveal. You're, you're looking at a movie where the majority of the cast is in the hero role or the good guy role, where in this movie, you're looking at a majority of the, of the cast that's in the bad guy role. Yeah. But you can still, I mean, Chris Evans was likable in the first one and he's a complete you just prick. like Chris Evans. Yeah. But he's a complete prick in it. So that's where there's a difference between like, cause you can be an asshole and be likable. These people were, and I would say that Miles Braun is actually kind of likable in this. He seems pretty likable in it. But at the same time, as a whole, I thought Batista was awesome. Kate Hudson did a fantastic job playing like the, the typical socialite. And um, I didn't get a whole lot of feelings of good or bad from Leslie Odom Jr.'s character. But I, I guess they didn't that let was... Him sing. Yeah, right. They didn't let Janelle Monet sing either, but uh, she was likable. But it wasn't until after that she, it was the reveal. Like Andy wasn't likable. She was just she, she just seemed like, hey, you got you got cut out. That hey, business deals happen that way. Deal with it. Well, she and was then, the Waz. She was the Waz of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Except Waz got taken care of. She was the she was Spider Man from Facebook. That's 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 who she was. But so Helen's likable, right? I don't think she's as likable as let's say Anna de Armas's character from the first one. Cuz I think you're she's likable all the way from the beginning. You know, but you I feel think you got to I think you're looking at the full picture. When you find out that she's a twin, you also then realize that 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 Blanc had told her this could be really dangerous. And at the time that you find out she was a twin, she you also assume that she just got shot and killed. They had not told you that she was sporting some Jeremy Renner hot sauce. Which was hilarious. Vin, but, so hilarious. But once again, like I, the, the face on the hot sauce bottle did it for me. I thought it was so funny. Was so great. But, but um, you, you thought she made the ultimate sacrifice to try and uncover her sister's killer, and now it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But, but I thought then, that, like, that irritated me. That irritated me that that was the case. Because but, it's so fucking cheap. You don't think... And maybe it's because... And this is going back into my thought that Ryan Johnson's like, this audience, along with the cast, you know, the, the characters are dumb. And so I thought it was like, really? Like, no one's going to fucking smell a shitload of hot sauce on a body? No one's going to think that's fucking weird? Nobody went near the body. He shooed them all away. You could still smell that much hot sauce within five feet of someone. Disagree. And hot sauce on the fucker's eyes who were right there as well. Um, I'm, Dude, I'm just saying, like, for, for a red herring, that was pretty great. I I'm okay with the, was it her journal or whatever it was that? Yeah. Um, def- yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. You know, that's I like what I that. thought you'd have the biggest problem with. No, perfectly fine with that. I liked back to the future three when Marty put a steel girder behind his shirt. It was fine. Right. Which it was, was a callback to the outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. Yeah. I was fine with it. I was fine with it. But were you okay in Indiana thing. Jones when he got shot 
and was it fine. was yeah fine it was the grail diary i i like it i like it i'm perfectly fine with that but the hot sauce granted it was funny but it was one of those things where it's just like here's something stupid and my stupid my stupid audience is gonna like it because it's just humorous because now it's it's no longer like a murder mystery where there's a lot of suspense it becomes like a a running joke of let's see how many gags i can put into this now and but there's I'm not, so many that are so good there are there are when they get to the island and he's playing the guitar and he's yeah. playing a different song off the white album which is where white onion is from right it's from the beatles white album and he says oh yeah it's the same guitar that paul wrote it on he just throws it in the sand. Yeah. It's so, I'm just it like, is, this is, I like it. these yeah. characters. Ah, the writing is, kiss. is great. And the fact that they have so many of those quips and they all work. Right. But there's a certain point where it becomes like, ah, this is a little too much, at least for me. And the only comparison that I can make it to is, uh, I'd probably say, Thor, Love and Thunder. Love the movie, right? But so many people thought, oh, they try to do so much with the humor. I don't get it. Like, it's too much Taika Waititi. And I was like, really? I thought it was funny. I thought everything worked. But I can totally see why, you know, like you like the humorous steps in this movie. To me, it reached that critical mass of like, I think Ryan Johnson is basically just fucking with us. And so I'm like, yeah. I could do without it. So that was just my own personal take of it. And that's why I was a little, little bit not as well received on some of the jokes. I think that Ryan Johnson at some point met Steve jobs and was disappointed at a high level. <laughs> Probably. Right? right. And just like, Oh, like I, I'll admit like that was one of the people that I, when I was you know younger was like, Oh, this is somebody I should probably learn a little bit about understand thoughts on business and all that and just absolutely realize that the dude was just a slave driving misery maker of a boss that I wouldn't work for for five minutes and I'm like yeah he was effective because he was an overworking prick got it it just it just so happens that Elon's the same way which is you know why there's so much outcry around this but it was it's a stereotype and it's an archetype but I love the fact that the guy didn't know what he was really doing. He needed the Waz, which is what Andy was to him, right? The Wozniak. Apparently the everyone was. Everyone was to him. With the exception right. of Catherine Hahn's character, I don't think, you know, he just kind of put the screws to her to where, like, everyone yeah. else was fairly more useful. than The, the politician, sure, she can pull a few strings, but... Um, well, and the Dave Batista character, that guy was useless. Mm, the the presence and the power of social media my friend it's uh it is powerful uh, the presence and the backing of uh of politics yeah yeah that's true you're right but, you're but right. either way like i loved the tie back to the mona lisa portion of it like i love that that benoit called out the fact that you're just playing this by ear you moron you had none <laughs> of this plan you use somebody else for your murder mystery, got mad at me, and then just started making it up. And and the guy who's like trying to think, he's playing Clue, right? He's got the 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 squares out from Clue, trying to figure out what's going on. And what does he come up with? Oh, you're an idiot. Yeah, son of a bitch. Which was amazing. And then she starts going nuts trying to find the one piece of hydrogen to blow the place up with. And then does, I don't know about you, any story I'm ever told that brings an element and takes it all the way back around, whether it's stand-up comedy, whether it's movies, whether it's a book, whether it's whatever. But when you can take something that's the main goal of the protagonist and bring it around in a completely different manner. I loved it. 
I love that he'll always be mentioned in the same breath as the Mona Lisa because he's the reason the Mona Lisa doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And she yeah. took down all of them. No. Era Anna de Armas in Knives Out. Mm, I don't think, I, I don't think so. And I'm not saying that to be argumentative because there's a difference between they all got cut out of their inheritance. They are the cast now. They're perfectly fine not being Elon Musk Jr.'s lapdogs, but doing but his they're, bidding. They're they're not as they're not nearly as secure, which is the problem with the, the cash from Knives Out. They all could have gone on to do their own thing and make their own money and survived. Or they would not have survived as comfortably and slept as well. Yeah, but I think they were all okay with it. They were. They all were not okay with it. They all were so pissed. No, you tried to stab her with a fake knife. Captain America tried to end her. No, I'm talking about this movie. They were fine with Edward Norton going down, getting the Mona Lisa all fucked up. I think that. See, I think the politician's career was over. Because she greenlit yeah. the power plant. Yeah, but she's she's no longer under that. So I think there's the the whole the morality of it, which once again I think is kind of an, a lazy way out of what, writing's good, but I think it's a lazy way out. It's like, oh, I just feel better that I'm no longer uh, yeah. associated with this. You know what I mean? Like that's the only reason why I'm just like, hmm, very convenient. And that's when they become likable because they don't hate the girl whose sister was murdered. They're, you know what? We should have done the right thing. Yeah. No, they all got a conscience break while the main the main guy went down in flames, literally. Any, yeah. Any politician been like, nope, we're going to fix this really quick. We're going to get some people over here. <laughs> we get the FBI. We'll get this thing straightened out. Don't you worry. We'll get our money. No, no. Did you have like any uh, particular scenes or even quotes that kind of stuck out for you from the movie? Nothing that like hung with me the whole way because I was, I was kind of consistently Googling through this movie to, to make sure I got a lot of the references. Like I was looking for additional Beatles references or additional, you know, whatever references out there. Um, I did love the fact that Daryl was just everywhere in this movie, that they got a, a, a just the dude abided to come through the movie. As so the that... biggest red herring, you're like, Daryl did it. Daryl's the one doing this shit. No, Daryl's just hanging out, dude. That's another thing that that it didn't bother me, but I, I it did. I can tell it bothered it. you, but that's OK. No, I didn't even think about it until you just mentioned it, because I completely forgot that he was even there and which is fine. But was there any explanation as to who he really was? He was just a guy trying to figure things out, man. That's it, though. That's that's the only that's line it. that he's, he's just here to, you know, while he that's figures it because Miles out. is an idiot. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I did like seeing Jessica Henwick, uh, who's been in uh, Iron Fist and also The Matrix, whatever the last one was. Um, but I, I do like her. And I actually thought, for a brief moment, I thought she was going to be the one to murder somebody. Because hey. I, I thought it was going to be the, oh, she's not, she's so tired of being under this socialite actress idiot and you know what without her i have no career but fuck it you know what someone's gotta die like this is ridiculous like i need to prolong my career and and make a move here and so i thought she was gonna kill someone but nope she was just uh another which was a good uh, another good red herring for me is that like oh she i thought because she was telling kate hudson's character birdie to like you need to retract that or not go through with this because this is going to ruin your career and mine i thought oh that's her that's the girl she's going to be the one to do it but well, good misdirect good misdirect. normally normally in, in in murder mysteries when you see poison it's a female character that that takes over as the villain but there was no poison. 
No, it was, it, was, just, it was just an allergic reaction, the dumbest way to die. Yeah, just pineapple juice, man. Which oh, I, yeah, I wonder it. if there is like a fatal amount of pineapple juice that someone could have. I know peanuts for sure, but pineapple juice, I've never heard of that. And and who has a Google alert about somebody being dead and celebrate like, oh, yeah, like that, that part bugged me a little bit. That bugged me, too. Um, I was <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned it, because that was probably the one that bugs me the most when they were doing the recap of everything. Yeah. Like, hey, since I showed you this Google alert, you think you can get me as like the the news guy on the but one? He's like, a dummy. Really? That's the that <sighs> they're all dumb, but. I don't know. I don't know. That just bugs me. It bugged me. What did you think is Janelle Monet as uh, Helen and Andy? What did you think of her as the protagonist? I was terribly impressed with her acting skills. I was impressed with her acting just from Helen. And then yeah. to kind of see her flip back and forth between Andy was like, hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's got some skills. And um I've never seen anything with her in it. Now I I would kind of, you know, celebrate her catalog and, and I take the first time that. I watched it, I watched it with the fam. And my mother-in-law told me that she was in the Harriet Tubman story. And I'm like, when was that? And it was a while back. She's been in a lot, mm-hmm. but it's been she's been just really a hardworking actor. And this being a great opportunity for her to just jump into the spotlight. No, I thought I thought she was outstanding in this movie. I, I enjoy Daniel Craig as the goofy detective. I think that he he fits the part very well. Um, Everyone did a great job. Yeah, all the yeah. characters were well written and well executed. I mean that what that says to me is that when you let Ryan Johnson play with Ryan Johnson's toys, sure. He does a good job. And there are people that we've talked about on this podcast that are excellent writer directors, but don't do so good if it's not their stuff. I swear to God, if you say Dan Aykroyd one more time, is that what is that the one you're talking about? I mean, though nothing but trouble was nothing but joy for me. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, all right. I swear. I thought you were like, I think this is a running gag now. You're gonna start talking about things that like Dan Aykroyd can apply to. <laughs> it's like no, no it's no. not Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Just to get like that that uh Pavlovian response out no. of me. But like, did ah. you notice the bottle of crystal skull vodka in the in the drink cart? No. Oh, that's because it, it wasn't there. Okay, I don't, I don't understand. Crystal Skull Vodka is Dan Aykroyd's vodka. Oh, I thought that was uh, the like the Indiana Jones reference, Crystal Skull. It, 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 so. It's technically a reference to the same thing, but Dan Aykroyd did it first and Fantastic. made it into vodka, not a movie. Good God! Uh, so sidetrack because what is this podcast without going into like, you know, completely in the weeds. So just because you're talking about um, you made a crystal skull reference, which made me think Indiana Jones. Did you ever see the South park episode where the kids are talking about, um, you know, like something really bad happened to their friend and it's alluded to like, you know, someone got murdered or something like that. Or, but it turns out that someone got raped and they do a flashback scene to when all the kids went to go see Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No, <laughs> I have not. It's I've Steven been... Spielberg. It, like they bend over Indiana Jones. It's like they they do a recreation of the Jodie Foster movie, um, and they're just talking about like we promise we never talk about that ever again. <laughs> oh, no, hilarious. I've been off of South Park for a while. Love South Park. Love early South Park. There's just gotten to be too much. Uh, so much content. And that's one of the classics. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Oh, But anyways, um, anything else you got on the movie? Any of the other characters? I No. I, I Again, I, I really thought this was tight. 
I thought it was well written and directed. Um, you know, there were there's a, there's always going to be a few plot holes here and there that you can microanalyze. I think that's the beauty of these kind of murder mystery movies is to see what you didn't see coming. You watch it again to see if you catch it. And then three to five months later, when you don't exactly remember it, you can experience it again. And maybe you experience it differently. Maybe you remember halfway through. Maybe you're trying to figure out where the clues were. But overall, really enjoyed this movie. I did want to give a special shout out to Jackie Hoffman, who played Duke's mother. And the fact that she could get all the puzzles just with no effort whatsoever. And uh, Batista's just like, Ma! (laughs) He's just so mad at her getting all the puzzles of the box. I thought that was really hilarious. And um, yeah, it once again really foreshadowed how much of all these people are just flat-out idiots. And um, it was it was a good time. Good time. So Jackie Hoffman, I salute you. That was that was really funny. And the fact that she smacked him around a little bit. Yeah. Because he was it... doing his twitch from her basement, which again <laughs> blows up the, 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 the archetype and makes it completely impossible for it to be Rogan. True. Very true. But I will be damned if anyone were to say that that was like Mr. Beast or anything. God, that guy's awesome. Mr. Beast. Fantastic. Oh. But anyways, soon to be friend of the podcast. Like, I don't know. Mr. Beast has so much money, but that guy's such a good dude. Are you familiar with who he is? I, I'm, um, I've heard of him. His, I can spend like hours on his YouTube channel and just watching his videos. Such a smart guy. And yeah, a lot of the money he makes, he just puts right back into making his own videos and he just gives away a lot of money. It's fantastic. A lot of it's just like, ridiculous stuff and like yeah i wish i had that much money because i'd probably do a lot of similar things that he does and it's just like giving random people money for silly stuff so that sounds like a lot of write-offs i like it it does it does all right mark we've got the first episode in the books but it cannot end until i ask you the question mark can you do this all day for the first time ever in 2023, I am pleased to say yes. I can do this all day. I will watch this movie again. I've watched it twice already. Uh, I, I definitely see this as a background noise, make me happy movie, um, for sure. It will be looked upon fondly in my catalog. Conversely, Dan. For the first time in 2023, can you do this movie all day? I'm going to start off on the wrong foot this year, but I'm going to say I cannot do this all day. Not because it wasn't entertaining, not because I didn't think it was funny, um, because of the fact that one of the most appealing things about this movie is the whole murder mystery aspect. When you know what that reveal is, especially because it's, you know, there's so many things revolved around such said murder mystery. I find it very hard to watch again. Um, Not to say that I didn't like it. Uh, There are some things that bug me and I I reached like a, a boiling point at the end, but um, it was the end. So it was, I was fine. It was just a little too much of me thinking that Ryan Johnson thinks that I'm going to just have my own flair with this. And it just, it was too much for me. Um, But I will say that I will watch this again, but because of the nature of the movie, I find it very hard to watch any horror movie, any mystery movie again, because the reveal is gone. The scares, the jumps, the thrills, the suspense is gone. So for that reason alone, I cannot do this all day. I'm going to say that our listeners are shocked and disappointed. um, And they did not at all see you having a negative impact or impression of this movie coming at all. They're shocked. They're disappointed. I can't wait to see what other twists and turns this new year brings us. 
there will be plenty of them. And we will also be coming up on our one year anniversary soon. So we'll have to plan out a special episode for that. But until next time, I'm Dan, the part-time adventure. That's Mark, the resident Jedi. Do something great this year. Like subscribe. Uh, uh, if you dislike smash the button twice, uh, uh, just so we know, uh, uh, but follow us, send us a message this year. Tell us what we should do for our one year anniversary. Reach out. We'd love to hear from y'all. Um, and, uh, until next week, uh, happy new year. Happy new year.